0: welcome to our soul a podcast by kelly fox and terry williams from the ohio religious coalition for reproductive choice hello everyone welcome back to our soul and today is monday november 29th i hate that we have to continue to do these day disclaimers where we have to say you know what day it is because Every time we have to do one, it's because the week is so full of poignant things that are happening um, that I know by the end of this week, you know, anything I say probably will end up being uh, somewhat obsolete. So um, anyway, let's just let's just start this episode by taking a deep breath because we all know, has things that are coming up this week and we just need to start by centering ourselves and grounding ourselves in this moment. So Terry, if you'd like to join with me, we'll breathe in and out. Okay. Hi, Terry.
1: Mm, So (laughs) at this point, We are recording before the arguments that are coming before the Supreme Court on December 1st, but you are listening to us after arguments have been issued forth in the case Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. This is the big, big, big situation uh, that we've been waiting for for several months. Kind of got preempted a little bit by the drama last month um, around Texas in particular. Um, That Texas case uh, had to be heard pretty soon. Still no decision on that Texas case. But the real uh, prep uh, that has been in our reproductive health rights and justice movement has been around Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Um, this is the case going to be heard on the 1st of December that right-wing religious extremists have tried to set up as the way to completely gut and destroy Roe v.ersus Wade and abortion access in the United States. Um, particularly in Ohio, the outcomes of this case could make abortion even more difficult to access. It could force a great deal of automatic uh, transitional penalties into play if our legislature so uh, moves in that direction. And we're in a position where we're just going to have six months of deep anxiety and frustration and uncertainty on the level of what is the law going to be around reproductive health rights and justice. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly abortion access, particularly um, the six week ban that mm-hmm. we have passed here in Ohio but has been um, suspended and not um, enacted. It's really important to remind everybody who's listening right now like, uh, regardless of whether we're talking about this Monday um, on the 29th of November or when mm-hmm. you hear this after. Uh, the first of December, abortion is legal in Ohio. Abortionislegalinohio.com. dot uh, Go there. You can take a look at all of the places that you can access an abortion in the state. It's really important for us to remind folks that abortion care is accessible in this state, um, and we're going to work to make it as accessible as we can. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, I hate to I hate to burst everybody's bubble, but we're really not going to have a lot of information after the first of December until the court finally drops a decision on this issue, which may happen in um, January, February, March. Will likely not happen until June because the Supreme Court loves to wait until June to drop their big, heavy cases. This um, partially, so. yeah, it's it's partially because they want. To have more time to uh, develop these really meaty dissents and these really meaty rulings. Um, It's also, you know, kind of a a politics game because they don't want to drop things... When they have further work to do, and they may have massive disruptions uh, with protests uh, against rulings and things, you remember there, there are a lot of rulings. Um, you know, rulings around same-sex marriage tend to come out in June. Yep. um rulings around expanding gun rights uh, have tended to come out in June. Big rulings tend to come out in June. Maybe okay. they'll surprise us, and it'll happen sooner. But right now, I am just planning on, The next six months um, of us as a movement having to manage our anxiety over Mm -hmm. what may come. And the reality is we've got to take care of ourselves and we have to keep doing the work. All of us, no matter who you are or where you are in the movement, you have to keep doing the work while you take care of yourself.
0: yeah and i think it can be really easy right now like even as you were saying all that i could like feel the weight of all the anxiety around this like monumental moment um weighing on me but Mm. i think it can be really easy to sometimes let that overwhelm you and oftentimes i think for people it goes one of two ways either a um, you buy into this system that the U.S. culture has taught us to put your feelings in a little box and ignore them and can you continue to work as hard as possible um, ignoring the mental damages. Or B, uh, be so focused on how overwhelmed and depressing it is to live in this world and, and get kind of caught up in this, in this hopelessness Um, that can kind of happen when when you know it feels like the world is coming up against the rights of all kinds of people and getting so caught up in that that you can't move forward and neither of those options are great um and so i i what we kind of wanted to talk about today is uh, a combination of those things i think that you know i've in my in my work here and Kind of the stuff that we do here at Ohio RCRC, we've been an advocate for caring for yourself in the midst of advocating for um, reproductive rights, health rights, and justice. And so, I think first of all, um, it's really important to to take care of yourself and um, not going with that, with that first option, uh, not letting you know the capitalist culture of. Uh, I need to keep working, I need to keep producing. I need to keep doing X, y, and Z things because at least I have that or um, at least I'm helping in that kind of way if you're in um, a rights based um, profession. Uh, and that's not healthy. Um, I would definitely encourage people to to listen to your body and and be a- allow yourself to cry. That's really important. You know, if that's, if that's what you're feeling and crying can be any types of emotion. It can be anger, it can be sadness, you know, um, and giving yourself, you know, a little extra breathing room to, you know, be able to sleep more and be able to have whatever your comfort food is. If that's something that like, you know, gives you that little morsel of serotonin (laughs) that we're always, uh, grabbing for, um, and just making sure that you're taking care of yourself if you if you uh have been watching some of our stuff that we've done since the start of the pandemic we have a lot of videos on facebook of um some self-care activities that we did with our original programming called refresh um where we did you know talked about food being an act of self-care we did knitting all kinds of stuff that we did with that um and then also if you just need kind of like a guided meditation um Terry and I and um, us at O'Hara CRC uh, put uh, videos up on our Facebook Live of various meditations um, that you can you can go back to and you can listen to and follow along um, as a means of self-care. I think just first and foremost, it's really important to, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because even if we're going with that kind of capitalist mindset of like, I need to be productive you are not as efficient or productive when you are not being well taken care of. You know, your car doesn't run well when it's out of gas. Um, And you need to be, you know, feeding yourself and taking care of yourself. You know, make sure you're having a lunch break and those kinds of things. Um, But yeah, self-care is just really important right now. And I first want to start off by encouraging us to to do those kinds of acts of self-care.
1: Absolutely. And I think what's most important in this process, we talk about self-care at Ohio RCRC a lot. Self-care is not, um, there there are a lot of things that self-care is not, but I'm going to give you two things that self-care is not. Self-care is not um, finally caring for yourself after you have absolutely burnt yourself out so badly that you are forced to hit a brick wall and stop. Right, that is called recovery, <laughs> right? And that's important too, but that is not self care, right? Um, when you've driven the car with no oil in the engine and it finally seizes up and you cannot make it go any farther. That's a very different situation than regular maintenance, right? So um, self-care is not hitting the brick wall and stopping. A lot of us, um, when we hit that brick wall, we then call everything that we do to get back uh, into working order self-care. That's not self-care. That's recovery. The second thing that self-care is not, self-care is not a pathway for you to be strong enough to continue to be extractively manipulated by the capitalist system around us. Like self-care is not, oh, you need to rest so that you can come back and produce all of these other things for somebody else, uh, you know, at their demand. Self-care is about making sure that you are spiritually cared for, nurtured physically in good working order and emotionally and mentally fit to be able to be yourself, to do the things that you feel called to do, to be able to be 100% present in everything that you do, not just the things that you do that are productive, not things that you do that are extractive of your labor, but to be able to be who you are called to be and to be able to be in this struggle. We're in a a lot of different struggles, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of different struggles for a lot of different justice issues. And when we talk about reproductive health rights and justice, that is one part of the greater struggle for liberation. We want folk, no matter how you're able to show up for reproductive health rights and justice, to show up in ways that lead to that healthier future for everybody, not just for other people. It is not okay for you to continue to sacrifice your physical, spiritual, emotional, you know, well-being for the sake of liberating the whole world. Because here's a newsflash, you're part of that world too. And you need to focus on yourself as well as the work beyond you. That's what the next six months are going to be all about folk have asked me time and again, I've, I've got anxious church people, anxious ministers, they're coming out of the woodwork asking me, oh my God, we just finally realized, you know, abortion access is, is under attack. What do we do? And my first response to them is, you got to breathe, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like you got to be around for the long haul here because it's going to be a long, long process. We've got to stay healthy for this struggle, and you have to get in a place where you're building your own resilience so that you do not completely burn yourself out between December 1st when Dobbs is argued and whenever we actually get a decision and ruling, because when we get the decision and the ruling, that's when we're going to have to start the work of responding, Right? We've got to build resilience in these next six months, and that takes caring for ourselves and our communities. It yeah. takes actually implementing our values. When you say that you care about having a thriving community, that you care about building a world and a future where everybody is able to live into their best selves and to do so without sacrificing who they are for the sake of what they want— That means you too, you have to lead from a place of centeredness, of groundedness Mm -hmm. and community care that includes care for yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I, I really love this quote and, um, I actually have it on, on my self care plan, but like when, when thinking about self care, um, and, you know, thinking about how you are included in that, um, sometimes it can be easier for people to think about caring for themselves Um, in context of the work and and thinking of it as as a way of bettering their overall movement towards um, an anti-capitalist and um, anti-oppressive system. And so, you know, you have the classic quote on self-care from Audre Lorde, uh, caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare and being able to preserve yourself and and care for yourself in a way that you continue to last, you know, thinking this kind of reminds me of like, fast fashion and um, the ways that uh, kind of society has seen things as disposable, Um, you are fighting against this system of disposability and this idea that everything is disposable, even people. And I'm here to say that you are not disposable and so you need to, you know, take a breath, take care of yourself. We want you to last beyond, you know, whenever we get this rolling and whatever happens. Not only because, you know, whatever part you choose to play in the movement um, for uh, having bodily autonomy for everyone, uh, we want you to last. Even if you decided not that you don't have, you know, the, the, the mental capability to be a part of the movement we still want you to exist beyond that point um and that requires caring for yourself and um you know taking time for yourself and understanding that that the the spectrum of (laughs) caring for yourself and burning yourself out um like Sometimes uh, there are periods of time where we realize we're leaning more towards the burnout end, and there's still time to turn back and say, like, you know, I need to put some of this work aside because I need to care for myself right now. And so, you know, um, I, I think one of the most liberating things that I've learned in my life recently, especially since graduating from school, is that I have... Um, You know, if I'm living with this mentality that everyone has bodily autonomy and that includes myself, then I can choose, you know, when being a part of uh, a certain space or being involved in any um, even extra activities that I'm doing to be of service to other people. when, When I don't have the mental clarity or the mental space to do that, I can choose to not do that for a time. That doesn't mean that I never go back, um, but it means that I am choosing to put that aside because this other thing, the anxiety around the world being crazy, um, is, is taking up my time right now. And so I don't have the space, and so therefore I'm not going to stretch myself that far because I'm not disposable and I need to last beyond this period of time.
1: Absolutely and you there there's the sense of of a seasonality right mm-hmm. that we have we have seasons of struggle and seasons of rest and seasons of of transition you know and i'm i'm thinking about like the very real world season right now in our hemisphere. And I know I am in the minority here on on a lot of of uh, different people's uh, standards for what the outside weather ought to be and look like. I love snow, I love darkness, I love the cold because it's in the darkness and the cold that the very small light on a candle has deep meaning. The warmth you can feel, the light that gets shed in the darkness. There, the, and you, you think about a lot of our religious traditions, um, particularly religious traditions that are represented in our coalition here at Ohio RCRC. We do a lot with light around this time of year. Right? We get, we get kind of let off with the Festival of Lights in Diwali, um you get this this sense as well around Advent in the Christian church and Hanukkah in uh, Jewish tradition. The, the symbolism there, right, has a lot of different meaning across those traditions, but at the heart of it, it comes down to light being a really important thing in our world. In the story of Hanukkah, we have this miracle where a very small amount of oil that's only supposed to last one night has this miraculous stretching power to last over eight nights. And I think about that in terms of our capacity building that so often we feel like our capacity is so shot, our our capacity is so low that we're just not able to go on and somehow, somehow we continue to stretch it, right? And sometimes that stretching is just necessary in what has to get done in the moment, in that season, right? We have people in the movement today who are stretching for the benefit and the welfare of people who need abortions. We have providers in this state who are absolutely stretching that, that one day's worth of oil over eight nights trying to make sure that people have access to abortion care, that people have the kind of funding they need to get their abortions, that people have the kind of education that they need to get those care resources when they need to get them in ways that are most helpful to their bodies. And it's not sustainable to expect Hanukkah to happen every single eight day period, right? Mm -hmm. Hanukkah happens once a year because it's, you know this memorable moment of a big miraculous event that's not supposed to happen all the time, right? Mm-hmm. That's the wonder uh the miracle of those those lights that there is this stretching power that happens, but it doesn't happen forever. you know Christian tradition, the same thing with with this advent, you know, counting down uh you know time marking time until the coming. In that tradition of, you know, the child of Jesus, that there is a waiting period, but eventually that period gives way to something more, something different. Mm -hmm. I think our religious traditions have it built into them to teach people that seasons are a thing, seasons of waiting, particular Uh, you know, time periods that we have to acknowledge we're doing this and it's not normal and it's not going to last forever. I feel like that's the message for this season. Like, yeah, I mean, from now until whenever we get a ruling from the Supreme Court, it's going to be a weird season. But it is not a season that will last forever. Eventually, there will be more clarity than we have right now. It may not be clarity that we like. Almost certainly it will be clarity that makes abortion access more difficult to uh, provide in our state. But once we have that clarity, we can move into a new season and a new place. And you may be in a place where you absolutely cannot deal right now with the lack of clarity. Or you can't deal with it in ways that allow you to participate in the ways you may historically have participated or that you want to be participating that's okay. It's all right to say, this is not a season that I'm able to do these things within. It's also okay to say in this season and this season alone, I'm able to do more. And maybe I won't be able to do that forever, but I can do that now, right? Assessing your own ability to engage, that's the root of health and self-care it is a gift for you to be able to say this is my capacity this is what i can do this is the bounds of my humanity in this moment
0: mhm and uh and i i think like that that is a real beauty to be able to say yes to some things and no to others and um you know we've we've talked a lot about how to care for yourself and and kind of the preparation that goes into that um and the seasonality of um how or these seasons of self-care and the kind of these sprint seasons uh but also understanding that at the end of that season you go back to that rest and restoration um but i think you know this is a a good point to mention some of those ways that people who have higher lifts or people who have lower lifts um can can be involved in the work i know um One thing that I just want to encourage people, as the anxiety comes, there might feel this need to, like, oh, I need to do everything, and I need to be creating new things, and I need to be putting all of my time into this, but um, there are already people out there who are building systems, who are getting ready for this future, and, like, I would just encourage you, like, if you're feeling that extra capacity, and you can give that to um, reproductive health rights and justice, Connect with um, some local organizations that are in your area—abortion funds, um, you know, clinic escorts, ki- those kinds of things—and see how you can be involved in that by connecting directly with those people and talking to them about what your strengths and your capacities are, um, so that you can you can help with that.
1: The best possible way that you can support the organizations that are aligned with your values are by caring for yourself and fully investing the whole of who you are, the creative, wondrous, magnificent process of your identity into their mission, vision, and values. You are a better investment than any amount of money. And I know we, we got ha- to have money to keep the lights on <laughs> and make things happen. And I know the you know, folk are having end of year appeals and all that. But let me tell you, dedicated people who are cared for and thriving, that's the vision. That's the hope. And that is the best gift that you can give, is investing in yourself so that you can be a presence for others. As, as we come to the end of our time together, um, for those of you who are regular listeners, you're going to know that this is not uh, kind of normal for uh, how we gather together and how we depart. I would like to offer a closing meditation if I can. So if you would trust me, wherever you are right now, however you find yourself showing up to this moment, you've gotten almost to the end of the podcast. Congratulations. I would invite you to take a moment to ground yourself with Kelly and I. Ground yourself for the coming uncertainty, the coming season of the next few months As we wait for what could be monumental changes in our life together. I want you to think in this moment. Think about the last time that you lit a candle. The last time that a flame was given to a wick in front of you. And you saw that fire jump from one place to another. You saw the light grow you saw that image become reality and that burning take place. Candles cannot burn forever, but they can burn for a season. They cannot light the whole world, but they can light our world. And so, too, each of us has the capacity to be light for the whole world if that wick is trimmed and able to burn, if there's enough fuel in the wax that is stored that has been laid up in anticipation, we remember that every candle we've ever lit has been prepared painstakingly by other hands, prepared for such a time as this, and for such a time as now, you are prepared to be light for the world for a season, to bring light into the world for a reason, and that reason is liberation and wholeness and hope of a brighter tomorrow. Be grounded wherever you are in knowing that you are the light that brings a new future. You are the light in deep darkness this day. Amen. Ashe. Blessed be.
0: Well, uh, that is the end of our podcast. Um, thank you, Terry, for that that moment. I think that's really needed. And um, we will be back um, in a couple weeks and be dealing with the world that happened after we recorded this episode so uh i hope you will continue to join us
1: take care of yourselves folks